once again, it is time. Don's Garrison's Pinball Podcast, episode number 67, coming to you. We've got an exclusive first play review of the Punny Factory from location, and it was on stream. A scattering of other news and information, including the Mystery Pinball Company. What? Let's go. everybody coming to you in from your Thursday. Man, I'm back out here on the road. Recently came back from Quarter Up Arcade, where I got to play exclusively Punny Factory, and I have so many news and views on this. A quick recap um, that I'll get to in a minute, but we get some other information, too, to go to. Like, as this week has been going on, we've been getting these little nugget drops. Not any of the heavy hitters from the big companies, but man, wouldn't you know that you know people like Tilt Bob are dropping teaser information now? I think this is all part of the road and the lead up to Pinball Expo, where we're going to get to see more and more of these uh, games and, and 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 accessories and things released. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more of that in the coming weeks or so. So let's start with a trip through our buddy Nap Jason Nap's arcade site, where he went ahead and shared this uh, teaser picture of Road Trip, and man, it's a pretty juicy uh, look up the skirt here of this game so we can see like the bottom half of the play field in this photo shot here and so we get an idea of you know the 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 theme here and some of the integration of what's going to be on there as well as the art and you know what i don't know is really any other information about this now you go check this picture out yourself um on first glance you know there's no uh really ball guides or anything the whole you know bottom pump uh pop situation slings are not even in place to see what kind of in-lane activity we're going to have going on but you can get an idea of some inserts and there's a, a big hole in the middle of the you know lower third of the play field is that for like an lcd screen to drop in it's kind of shaped like that um looking at the art though and this the the uh the roads that are drawn around here for this pinball machine themed after a you know, fun road trip. Hopefully there's a stand-up target where you can get some Funyuns or something and a convenience store to shoot. But it looks to me like, you know, those uh, little rollout carpets that you give to toddlers when they're playing with the little matchbox cars and already has like all the streets and roads on them. I say toddlers, like I don't have one at home that I'm playing with also. Um, but that's kind of what like this thing looked like at first to me, you know? So I don't know if this is like a first draft of the art. I don't know if this is final art. Um, we don't have that information yet, but good old Tilt Bob down there in what I believe is Florida. Cool guy. This is the guy that homebrewed Elf, you know, won Twippy for best homebrew last year. Met the guy, played his game. Seems like a, you know, solid dude and everything. So, you know, with, with these companies, you know, when they come out, they have to release their one game, right? The game that they put together first, the proof of concept, you know, let's you get something out there. You know, for Tilt Bob, it's Road Trip. For Mystery Pinball Company, who knows what it's going to be. Uh, for Spooky Pinball, it was uh, America's Most Haunted, you know, an original theme. So they weren't, you know, tied down with licensing or or having to meet deadlines or anything. But it was the machine that was, you know, the proof of concept. You make about 100 of them. You sell what you can sell. And then you use that experience to build and go forward. And, you know, Spooky took it and just took off with it, right? So uh, I think that's the model these guys are looking to, to, to go after. You know, it takes some time to set up a, uh, a factory in production. And, you know, there's things in pinball that you're not going to learn, especially with pinball manufacturing, that you can't learn any other way except by doing. You know, I've been in talks with uh, Andrew McBain at, at Pinball Adventures. You know, he's successfully getting his first game out there. Um, uh, I was talking to him, you know, and, and he's planning on 
you know, doing a, uh, an edition size of 150 punny factories. I'll get to my review on that and my thoughts later. Um, but yeah, just talking to him, it's interesting to hear. And maybe I should have him on again to really like kind of go into it now that they're later in production. Um, but it's interesting to hear about the sort of issues that just come up that you never would have thought of, you know, <laughs> like, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, a certain screw or bolt or some component that's maybe a little hard to source or like that's your limiting reagent as far as making this machine, you know, um, lamination issues. You know, we, we put screws in this area and then found out six steps down the line that they're causing a problem that needs to be redesigned. You know, things like that are interesting. Um, so Tilt Bob's got a new game coming out. Road Trip, we don't know when it's going to come out. I imagine we'll know more by Expo, though. And just, you know, all we have really is a first look at the art. No idea about the rules. I can see there's three stand-up targets. Who doesn't like those? You know, so that's interesting. Um, this mystery company, though, the the exclamation point company that I've been calling it, um, the dude that's been going around teasing, you know, like, hey, there's, there, there's something new coming, you know, and he was at Texas Pinball Festival dropping off these mysterious uh, exclamation point stickers. I saw one show up at Electric Bat Arcade just chilling there, so he's got operatives out there. Well, now dude is emailing folks, you know, in the, the content community, um, and even Nap Arcade had a little uh, post about it. Um, we got a teaser pick of a back box and initially when I scrolled through here, I was like, okay, great. You know, there's, there's components in a back box that mean absolutely nothing to me. You know, that's interesting. But <laughs> what people have been, uh, noticing is the reflection in the LCD panel, uh, actually shows some of the gameplay field here. And some of it was, uh, obscured a little bit, you know, in post editing. Um, uh, but there's some ramps, there's some wire forms in there. So, I mean, that's always exciting, right? I'm a wire form guy. I like my wire ramps. I like my vehicles and tracks. And so, you know, I'm curious to hear more about this. It's too early to comment, but there are a lot of components in this game. So, uh, we'll look and see if we can hear some more. Um, dude even emailed me, uh, and said, you know, more to come. So we'll see. Uh, what was this teaser post? Now that Labor Day is over, the work begins. All right. All right. And then there's a, uh, another picture of uh, a bunch of lockdown bars in a powder coating factory that have this kind of um, almost like a raisin purple powder coat that's on here. So we'll see what ends up coming out. I don't have any real other information other than that. But, you know, it's interesting that we are having even more confirmation that, that some new game is going to be released by some company at some point. <laughs> How about that for nailing down all the details? What else is going on? Homepin has created a game also. Uh, Spinal Tap, it's it's wrapped up and they're shipping them out. How many they're shipping, who they're shipping them to, who in the heck really even knows. I want a bombshell interview from that Australian pinball podcast where they had the dude on there. And, you know, his, like, on one hand, disdain for the United States. On the other hand, he's planning on going to Expo. So, I, I don't know. I'm just going to be a casual observer in that show and, and see what's going on. So, there was just a, a pin fest in the U.K., and I guess so there was a Spinal Tap that was on location. And now I've only heard, you know, like third-hand mutterings about how this thing played. But, you know, apparently the, the shots weren't terrible, but, like, the code was just there's, – there's, like, no code, <laughs> right? Like, you hit ramps and nothing really happens. So um, we're going to take a big wait and see there. You know, but it, it is interesting to see these companies, like, follow the same kind of uh, uh, course that we saw with Spooky, right? You know, come out with 100 to 150 games, do an original theme so you're not tied up with marketing and licensing – Get it out there and then use the proceeds to go on and go forward. So, you know, I've been doing discussions with uh, Pinball Adventures there. And, you know, they're very happy with, you know, the amount of games that they've made. Um, they've already kind of exceeded their goals and they're already on to their next game, which they can build concurrently with Punny Factory. Um, I'm going to save that here for a little bit. Um, you know, but it's interesting to see, you know, like, are these companies going to launch or, or fail based on this? You know, I guess it's kind of neat to look back and see what we've seen. You know, Haggis is on their third game now. 
Um, you know, I don't know that their, their production numbers ever hit, you know, major goals. Uh, they seem to be just kind of doing their own thing at their own pace. Um, you know, but their first game was Celts. Uh, you know, America's Most Hana was a first from Spooky. Punny Factory is a first from Pinball Adventures. It's kind of, the, you know, war of the boutiques. You know, let's see what's happening. There is a huge step, though, that separates companies with, like, big ideas and big expectations that end up totally fizzling out. Hashtag Deep Root. And then, you know, companies like, uh, you know, the ones that we're seeing that are actually successfully getting games out. So, you know, maybe these two, this mystery company and Tilt Bob will be the next, you know, kind of pinball adventure boutique, you know. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged to see, you know, what they come out with. Um, I want to see the creativity, that, you know, behind what they have. You know, they're not going to make a game that's going to compete with, you know, Iron Maiden or Jurassic Park or something from Stern. But can you have something that's serviceable and fun to play and show like, okay, you know, you guys can get this done. Let's see what you have next, right? So I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with that. Speaking of Stern... Let's transition to Big Daddy Stern and the big new factory. Um, production update-wise, I know Venoms are on the line. Venoms are being shipped out. Venoms should be on location, heck, this weekend, I would expect. You know, they'll start showing up. Um, you know, I'll be driving through October, or October, I'll be driving through Chicago again here in a couple of days. Uh, maybe there'll be one on location there already. You know, we'll check out with Interium. But I would expect to see them soon. Um, also interesting as Stern News, they released the making of video for the Foo Fighters. Stern's Foo Fighters, Jack Danger's Danger Post loving, cross shot having, uh, alien terrestrial incumbent United States prisoner area 51 having shooting fun pinball machine game. Um, they got that little featurette video out there, and those are always interesting for me to see. You know, when I came across them first, you know, a couple months ago, I just sat there and binge watched all of them. Um, and you know, they create a lot of uh, yeah interest in these games that I really wasn't really following before. Like I appreciated Monsters in a whole new light after watching their makeup video, making a video. Um, I think these things are cool. I I'd wish they'd come out a little closer to you know when the games release, but um, you know it's out there. Go check it out on YouTube. You know, more Jack Danger is always what the world needs. All right, let's transition once more, and let me tell you a little story about a game called Punny Factory. So this was the premier release from Pinball Adventures. Canada's own Andrew McBain and his company uh, put together this machine and put it out. Now, it's probably a theme that nobody, including the world, was really asking for, but this dude obviously felt passionate about it. Um, Dave Sanders did the design for the shots and everything, so, I mean, how is it, right? Um, so far, I think they've released or, or, or shipped out about 11 or so of these machines, and you haven't heard a whole lot about them just because there's not a whole lot of them out there. Uh, but Jeff from Mad Pinball, my distro of choice, he uh, got one of these, and he's been touring it around uh, northeastern Ohio, different arcades, and currently it's at Quarter Up Arcade in Akron. You can go and play this thing, dollar a play, and see how it is. So I showed up over there um, after driving from Wisconsin for 10 hours to go play me some Punny Factory and hang out with my boy Jeff and maybe get a hot dog at the bar. Um, so, yeah, it is a very much a pinball machine. I will say that. Um, you know, 0-10 rating, maybe we'll get to that in a second. Um, but let's break this thing down. Um, I went there. I played a game on it with Jeff. Uh, went ahead and set up my streaming equipment, took the glass off, and then they just kind of, like, let me go for a full hour. So I streamed this game um, in, you know, bar Wi-Fi, and it's up there. There's a one-hour stream of me playing the heck out of some Punny Factory. Now, the game that I was playing was not without some issues, but what I'd like to do is kind of systematically kind of go down, you know, through layout, through shots and everything, and kind of, you know, rank it that way. So the first thing I noticed was that, uh, you know, hitting the shots themselves felt 
pretty good. I mean, you know, the game shoots well. Um, any shot that I wanted to make, I was able to make. And if I didn't, it was more due to my own skill level than feeling cheated by the machine. You know, there wasn't an instance of me hitting a stand up target and then flying over the flippers, for instance, or, you know, me, you know, hitting what I thought would be a good shot up a ramp and there just wasn't enough oomph to get up there. You know, I didn't feel that kind of rejection. Part of that may be because there's no ramps in the game, right? It's a fairly simple layout, you know, you know, left to right. There's a kind of two orbit shots that go up into locking gates, uh, three rolling targets, three pop bumpers, and then the big toy in the middle is the punny press. There's a very target that's over there between the orbit and the, the pop bumper nest on the left side. And there's three stand-up targets, one in front of the punny press and one on either side of it. And then there's about 14 other stand-up targets spelling out punny factory, um, on the left and right sides of the play fields. And that's about it. There is, well, I guess there is technically one ramp because there is a vuck in the punny press uh, up to this little cool uh, 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 transparent tube um, that feeds over to this little zigzaggy ramp that feeds the right flipper. So, yeah, that, that, that's essentially the game. Um, as you play it, you hit the, you know, the code-wise, you hit the stand-up targets, you unlock the punny press, and then go in there to either start a mode or to press a punny of which you're trying to collect 50 of the things. So for shots, I think the shots are fine. They, they, they feel good. Um, you know, so that speaks to Dave Sanders' design. You know, he used CAD or whatever to design this. So the shots are set up where they feel fair, you know, and, and it was actually a fairly fun game to shoot. Um, I like the feel of the very target uh, when it was working. Um, as I was playing, it eventually did get stuck in the back, and I had to lift the play field to get it unstuck. Um, but then I played a game afterwards, and it was working fine again. Um, you know, so that is the, the, the shots. Now the layout is fairly simple. You know, it's a single level game with one Vuck that goes over to a ramp that feeds the flipper, but that's really it. You know, there's no big, you know, plastic ramps to an upper play field or anything like that. Um, because of the locking gates up at the top, you don't really even get a full orbit shot. It, it always, it half orbits up into the middle there. Um, it would have been nice to see that unlock. I did share some of these thoughts with the creative team who is hard at work on their next machine and they will implement uh, these design tips, you know, so, uh, as far as the shots, they felt good. The layout, you know, it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not iron maiden, right? There's not wire form ramps crisscrossing everywhere. I think that definitely would have added to, you know, the fun of the game for me. So, you know, it comes in, you know, with, with kind of a mid moderate grade, you know, as far as that, um, let's see, what else can we talk about the, uh, okay. So innovation wise, there are some new things with this machine. Uh, some of them are things that hadn't occurred to me. Um, I was playing the engraved edition of which there were only 10 of these made. Uh, they have that Baltic birch plywood and it's actually like routed and engraved in the side and then has like this epoxy kind of dark purple clear coating, like black, smoky black, kind of almost purplish uh, clear coat that's on it. And looking at the cabinet, I mean, the, the plywood they're using is absolutely top shelf. Like this would be cabinet quality stuff, you know, like probably the, the best kind of plywood you could build, um, you know, furniture and things out of. And so, you know, it was glossy. It was fun to touch it. It was fun to look at it just from a woodworking perspective. Um, in the back box, there aren't speakers that are facing out through a metal grill like we were used to. They actually face sideways, and then there's a groove routed into the wood itself that then emanates out towards the player from the back box edges, which was innovative. Um, you know, I didn't have a problem with the sound itself. I was playing in a noisy bar, so it was a little bit hard to hear, like, a lot of the music. But the call-outs and sound effects were coming through. So I would like to, you know, play that in, you know, kind of a quiet, controlled environment to really get, like, the feel. Because I, I feel like that wood would really resonate um, the sound. You know, so there was some innovation there. 
the entirety, okay, and not not just not just the sidewalls. I mean, the entirety of the inside of the cabinet has graphics on it, okay. Um, you know, not just art blades up on the top, the visible part. It goes all the way down to the bottom of the cabinet. And then the bottom of the cabinet, I'm talking about where the bass speaker is. That whole thing has graphics on it. So the whole thing has, like, factory-looking graphics or warehouse graphics inside. Like, you lift the play field, and the graphics go all the way down. Why did they do that? I have no idea. Is it cool? Heck, yes, it is. Now I'm jealous, and I want my whole Iron Maiden inside of a cabinet to have graphics in it, for crying out loud. What the heck? You know, something that, you know, I didn't know I wanted until I saw it. And, you know, it serves no functional purpose other than just be, like, kind of cool when you lift the play field, you know? So I don't know if I can award any, like, extra bonus points there. I mean, it doesn't make up for the lack of wire forms of the gameplay, but it was pretty dang interesting. Um, another innovation um, that was touted early on in the teaser videos for this was these roller wheels on the, uh, the, the guides for the play field, like when you lift it up and pull it out. And, you know, I was like, okay, is this, you know, really a solution in search of a problem? But when I lifted the field, it was really nice to have it come up and just glide back and forth. You know, you didn't have to do that slide and kerchunk that you do with, like, you know, the stern games and such, where you have to kind of chunk them back into place and pop them forward to get to the different service positions. It was interesting having it just kind of roll and glide like a nice cabinet. Um, so, you know, after all, these things are in pinball cabinets. Why not implement some of the you know, innovations and things that we see with regular cabinetry, right? Let's make it a little easier so we're not just pinching fingers and such. Um, speaking of that, the bottom of the play field itself has these uh, big rails on it. So instead of just the service rails that you're used to, um, th there's rails that run like the length of the, uh, the play field underneath, um, or at least, you know, side to side, to the point that you could actually take the play field out and set it down just on its own because it could be supported by its own brackets. I thought that was cool. So, you know, you can look at Punny Factory and see that this is a fairly simple game. Stand-up targets, three-drop targets, no big ramps, you know, one Vuck, and a theme that's, you know, questionable on, on, on like, you know, whose dream theme was this besides the creator. Um, but when you take a step further and, like, look at what they've created and some things that they've implemented, it, it, it's it's a good first attempt. It's a good proof of concept um, of a game. Let me make sure I, I covered everything. Uh, oh, let, you know, let's talk about the uh, the sculpts and things that are in there. So um, the big, uh, you know, main mechanism is the punny press that's in the middle there. Um, you know, you shoot the drop targets and side targets to activate it, and then the insert will flash, and you shoot in there for the buck, and that's how you press a punny, right? Uh, now, uh, you'll get the code in a minute, but the actual press itself, the building, you know, feels like a good, you know, it's, it's like resin molded. Like they, they created a silicone mold and then they, they poured these things individually. So it's not just a 3D printed, you know, machine thing that you would see from just somebody's homebrew, like my own, you know, I 3D print things all the time, um, you know, but they actually made a, some sort of cast and, and cast poured this thing. Uh, the barrels that are also, you know, in the game as like toys or sculpts, like they're solid, you know, uh, I had the glass off, I was able to put my greasy fingers all over all of this stuff and then I clean them off afterwards but like they, they feel robust you know they're not just just simple 3d prints um, I guess there's a couple of the, uh, the the boxes in the back that are have slots in them so that the light can shine through he said those were 3d prints but they're all hydro dipped and they look to be of reasonable quality you know so that was interesting um, art and animation you know the animation is you know, it didn't come from a major animation studio I don't think I think it's serviceable it, it matches the theme uh, you know I'm not running back to play this game because of the animations but there are animations there on the screen um, the the kind of cartoony sound effects were fun you know in a scooby-doo kind of way you know hitting pop bumpers and things and hearing the boings and the springs 
you know, um, so it's it's it, it, it's serviceable. Um, now the code itself, right? So um, there are some multi balls in here. I was able to play a few of the modes. Um, I didn't get enough time to really play it and get into understanding exactly what I'm supposed to be doing for all the modes. Um, but the fact that you have to, you know, qualify each press of the, the punny press in order to get a punny, and then you're supposed to do this 50 times is like the most wood choppy of wood choppy things I could possibly imagine. Um, you know, so that wasn't fun or, or engaging at all. I don't think I'm going to go through making 50 puns on this game in order to get to any kind of wizard mode. It was satisfying for me, though, when I did get one, you know, because I, I did the shots, I, I hit all the stand-up targets, I qualified it, hit the press. Like, it was still fun to hit the press, um, you know. Opportunities for improvement, uh, the, you know, the, the press the shot in the middle with the Vuck, there's no protection around it, but I'm told going forward there will be scoop protectors, so, you know, I could see that as a bonus. Um, uh, what else? Uh, oh, so the, I was having some problems, and you can see this during the stream, um, and, and this uh, was re relayed to me that it could be uh, fixed with a code update. Um, but as the balls would eject into the shooter lane, they would then bounce back into the trough, and then it would register as a drained ball, which was, you know, upsetting, right? <laughs> to go ahead and, you know, start your game, ball jumps out, jumps right back in, drains, and then now you're right back into another one. Um, you know, ball two, and you didn't really get to play. Um, you know, so that was an issue, and I'm told that that could be fixed with the, the code update that they have out now. So, you know, we'll see on that. The very target got stuck, so as I was playing later in the stream, I'd hit the target. It wasn't hard to hit, you know, and it was satisfying when it was working, you know, but it was trapped up there and stuck. So it had to be, you know, freed up by hand underneath the play field. So that was kind of a drag. I will say after I was playing the stream, I put the glass back on and got everything, you know, lifted the play field or whatever. And I played a few more games on it. And then I didn't have any of those issues for some reason. So I don't know if just jostling everything kind of got it to reset. Um, there's a couple of practical things which were a little weird. Uh, when you open the coin door, there's like one button inside the cabinet that activates the menu, and then you have to use the, the flipper buttons and the start button to cycle through and select things. Um, you know, so that was a little kind of counterintuitive. Um, you know, it didn't have that typical four buttons on the coin door that we're all used to. Uh, the volume control was on the uh, amplifier in the middle of the cabinet, so you did have to reach in there to adjust the volume, which I, I did eventually. Um, after I you know, texted Andrew and he told me where the heck it was. Um, so, but I'm told that they're looking at implementing easier ways to do that. And in fact, with their next game, they've already kind of implemented that anyway. We'll see that at Expo. So, uh, you know, I, I, guess, I guess all in all, uh, you know, this is a pinball machine. It came out from Pinball Adventures. If you want one, you can buy one and you can get one. So there's that. Um, it was fun to shoot, um, but I guess it comes down to who is this game for? Um, should you buy Punny Factory? Uh, the nuts and bolts of this, the Pony Factory is $6,500, including shipping uh, from Canada. Uh, it's made out of good birch plywood. It's got some innovative things in there. The shots feel good. The gameplay is not deep, you know, um, and at that price point, you're kind of going right up against, you know, a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Pro uh, or, you know, use Iron Maiden. And, you know, those are games that, you know, although Pony Factory shots felt good, you know, Keith Ellen designed <laughs> Iron Maiden, right? And it's got a kicking soundtrack and awesome animations and theme integration and pretty deep code and multiple shots and multiple flippers and all these things, you know? So it, it's hard for that to compete. You know, if you were to buy one machine, you know, what, you know, should you buy Punny Factory instead of one of the Stern Pros? For most people, that answer is going to be no. Um, and I think, you know, th that's okay. If you already have a pretty, you know, diverse game room of things and you wouldn't mind something a little eclectic, 
I think this would fit into it. You know, um, go try one out at the expos. Go try playing them. If you have a location and you already have all the latest Stern Pros online, you want something different. You know, especially if you have a, an arcade or a barcade that kind of uh, you know recruits uh, more savvy pinball players that want to play things that are a little rare and obscure. This definitely fits that. So talking with Andrew, you know, he's already kind of, you know, met his goals as far as his first game. They've learned a lot by making it, and they're going to implement those changes in their next game and continue to get better. Um, you know, but it's important to remember that with something like Punny Factory, there's not 5,000 of these things being made and, and trying to be sold. You know, the edition size is 150, and, you know, they may not make all 150. Uh, and that's okay. You know, they, they got the game out the door. It, it's functional. Um, I think uh, some of the issues that it was having, especially with one of the flippers that was misaligned on the right during the, the machine that I played, um, th this game has also had 1,300 plays on it. So I think it was just due for flipper adjustment, flipper rebuild. So I won't hold that against the designers of the game. But yeah, what a quirky little title. That was fun to go and play. And I'm glad I got the opportunity to do it. So thanks, Jeff at Mad Pinball. Thanks the folks at uh, Angelie Stark. Uh, uh, you know, Game Supply and the Quarter Up Arcade folks in Akron, Ohio. If you want to go check it out, it's still there on location. Um, also, what they have, they they recently had the um, uh, the Electric Pinball folks uh, had their uh, Godzilla topper that was on tour there. And one of their Twilight Zone toppers is also there on their Twilight Zone. So I got to check one of those out in person. So that was fun. The Electric Playground, right? Yeah, the guys that make the toppers. Uh, we'd like to talk to those guys more in the future. Um, but yeah, I'll plug that little arcade. It was a cool place to hang out. It's a bar. It's 21 and over Saturdays and Sundays earlier in the day. It's all ages. But you know, I was there on, on what, like a Tuesday and you know, there's a little six year old running around with their parents and no one seemed to mind. So make of that what you will. Uh, moving on. Let's see. What else do I got? Oh, I got some fun stuff coming up. I've got a podcast that I'm going to appear on more about that soon, but that'll be hitting pretty soon. I'm going to be a guest on another podcast show. I'm very excited about that and can't wait to talk more about that. I have another interview I'm going to be doing with a pinball accessory maker that I'm extremely excited about. We'll have some new news for that. All of this is in the road to the lead up to Pinball Expo. Um, so thank you so much for listening. Gosh, we hit over 500 followers on the Facebook page. I'm exceedingly humbled by that. Thank you, everybody. I like the community that we're building and the fact that we're just, you know, having fun here in pinball, meeting a couple times every week, hanging out, you know, get your coffee, get your macchiato, get your cheeseburger in paradise, your margarita, find your lush shaker of salt, and let's do this thing, man. If you would like to have any of, uh, you know, stuff from me, I love sending things out. People like it and stuff in the mail. I got stickers. I got t-shirts. If you're interested and you want to represent, you want to get some expo gear and wear, you want to throw stickers up in your local laundromat, um, you know, go ahead and email me at donspinballpodcast at gmail.com and I will get at you and, you know, we'll figure out shipping and all that business. Otherwise, join the Facebook page. Throw a follow on there. We're dropping comments and things all the time. I've got a Discord available and I'm streaming on YouTube. I might even get some Big Lebowski footage up like later tonight. We'll see. We've come to the end of another episode. Thank you so much for everybody for joining. Don's Pinball Podcast at gmail.com. I love reading your comments. I'm getting inundated, and it's amazing. Expo's going to be awesome. I'm going to be there with booths and events, and then there's going to be panel discussions and more pinball content than you can stomach, my friends. So all that and more is coming up soon. Thanks for listening, everybody. And be sure to wash your britches. I don't know what I'm supposed to say at the end of these things. Let's fade out. <laughs> <laughs>